Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of the Futsal Independent Series of an interview with the chairman. Today I'm joined by Mick Parrish of Bolton Futsal Club. So first of all, thank you Mick for your time and for coming in to speak about both Bolton Futsal Club and how the club came about, what kind of challenges and obstacles you've, you've faced and had to overcome. Uh, and then obviously building on the foundations of what you've got, what the, the future looks like. Um, so to begin, for anybody that isn't aware, Mick, could you just briefly speak about the beginnings of uh, Bolton or, or what it was before Bolton and how it came to be? Uh, yeah, well, firstly, good morning. Um, actually, afternoon now, isn't it? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, we started this journey 10 years ago um, and... When we initially started off, it wasn't as a futsal club as such. We're more using futsal techniques to um, help kids master the ball, really, become better with the ball. And in Australia, when my boys were growing up, uh, they were heavily involved in futsal. It was part of your futsal football development. And... We worked on a lot of small-sided stuff and um, individual stuff, more than small-sided stuff, to be honest, with groups of three, four, five kids, six at the max, just working on individual foot drills using all parts of your foot. So instead of um, typical um, skills or technique or technical sessions that you see in football, which is step-overs and you know, Ronaldo chops and all these kind of things. I mean, while they are, I guess you could class them as technical, I don't think they make you better with the ball. I mean, you see the kids these days, every kid can do a step over, every kid does a Ronaldo chop. Most of them have a poor touch and their their dribbling ability with the ball is poor. You know, they might take a touch and the ball's, you know, a metre away. So what we work on when I say technical ability is the ability to move the ball quickly from and change directions with the ball being in close proximity and I always liken it to when you watch Messi dribble or run with the ball he doesn't you don't you very rarely see him do a step over it's all quick movements of the ball and changes of body position so that's what we try to do um, or I that's what we that's what we tried to do started off doing those sort of sessions which was pretty much um it when we first started because obviously when i came here 10 years ago there was no futsal as far as junior juniors concerned there were i think obviously there were futsal clubs like manchester i think and a few others maybe um, middlesbrough and whatever um but as far as the futsal community was was if you think it's small now, it was much smaller then. So the original sessions that you had going, were they futsal in inverted commas or were they something? No, they were more skill-based sessions. So it was, I say, it was, a, it was more a development session than a futsal session. So we used, we used small balls, futsal balls, well, size two futsal balls, um, we did all the skill-based part, and then at the end we always have a game which is more like 
we say futsal, we use futsal rules like restarts and stuff like that. But um, it was more like um, street football, really, because there was no rules. And it was to allow the players to work on the touches that we'd done in the first part, or they'd learnt in the first part of the session, to use them in a match environment to recreate uh, uh, or recreate the, the, the ability to, to do that in a game rather than just do them freestanding or unopposed. There's a lot of... A lot of people say that unopposed practice doesn't work, but it's quite obvious in the 15 years that uh, I've been doing this um, that it, our stuff, what we do, works. So when did it turn into a futsal club? Um, well, it sort of just kind of grew a bit as, as the sessions became more popular and people would never advertise. People would just speak to someone else and... I know some people didn't tell other people because they, they wanted to have some sort of advantage, which is a bit strange, but um, it just sort of grew a bit by a bit. And I think we probably played our first futsal match maybe in 2012, maybe. Might have been before that, but it was um, not as Bolton Futsal Club. It was just... Um, it was just a, a game between a few kids, not or an organised game. It was a mini tournament, really. I think actually at the time, Sala were one of the teams. It was a, I think there was four teams, but from memory, it was Sala. I can't remember the other teams that played, but um, that yeah. So then we just continued with. Um, we didn't play much at all as far as games, and um, we just continued with the training and got more and more sessions. And then in two thousand and fourteen. Futsal started to get a little bit more um, notoriety and uh, we actually created Bolton Futsal Club. What support did you get back then? Um, how does that differ to maybe what it looks like today? Uh, for example, if somebody's setting up a club, is there more support today, less? Uh, you know, What support did you receive? Well, it couldn't be less. <laughs> In the early stages, there were no support. There was there was nothing for futsal and helping you make a, a any sort of futsal club team training session. There was simply nothing. So um, now I'd say yes, there is more support. Um, in in terms of now, it's just been we just had um, the new FA strategy for for futsal, which is which is good. Um, and yes, there is a bit of support there, but it's a slow process, I think. And it's just one we have to we have to educate people really, because I was speaking to um, to a dad just last night, whose son is at Barnsley Academy, and he always came and, and trained with us, and we played some matches and or played matches with us prior to his signing his, his apprenticeship. But last year. He got. I called him. I organised for him to go into the um, the regional England trials, and he went in. I think he went to a couple of those trials, and then one of the games that he played after the the coach pulled him aside and said, "You're taking too many touches." We obviously dwelt on the ball too long, and he said, "You've you're taking too many t touches, mate. This futsal's not for you. It's not going to do you any good." And it just shows the whole the whole thing. This is an academy that have no clue what futsal is and saying oh, the futsal's made you have too many touches 
but that wasn't what it was at all. So he stopped, he actually stopped going because he thought that was, you know, the club would look at it unfavourably. I've got a bit off the point there. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> so what support was it that you, you received? What support did you get? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It, it's actually about growing the, the, the game and, and growing, educating people what the game is because people are really thinking they, they've seen all the, the YouTube clips of people dribbling or doing rainbow flicks or whatever, and that's what they think futsal is. So I think that has to be the biggest that's where we need need the most help educating the general public or football public what futsal is so they can understand that it actually is not detrimental to their game. It actually would enhance it. And not to say that obviously futsal is a game of its own and, and definitely needs to be that. But I think in this country, we have to change the people's perception of the game so that it can be much widely accept, accepted. And where do people get the support from? Where would you advise them to go to? Well, your local FAs now are quite are quite good. Um, as far as the, I think, there's small grants available um, to help you set up your club. So I think that'll give you maybe they help you with goals or balls or you know maybe bibs, some equipment. I think I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Um, the grant, but I think it's like around between five and seven hundred pounds, from memory. But um, yeah, so the local FAs can help you there. But I advise getting in touch with them because that's all there now. If that never used to be. You made a conscious decision to begin with youth, and this is becoming more popular as a route to take. But it's not always been this way. So what advantages or disadvantages do you see, or can you see, from both sides? I can't see any disadvantages with starting with kids. Um, and the reason we started the club as a, as a, for kids really was because it was always, initially when we did decide to be a futsal club or start a futsal club, it was about, about the kids. And my, my thinking is that if you want to grow a, a club, then you need to have some sort of a base to support your, your club. So if you start a first team, a senior team, You've got nothing beyond that, and the only people that are going to come and watch you is, is the parents or the friends or relatives of those players. But if you've got a, te- a club with a hundred players or more, then straight away, you know that that um, well, your support base is is much bigger. And plus, um, you know, it's good. I think they both complement each other, obviously, because the young kids then can aspire to play in the first for your first team or for your senior team. And yeah, I think that's the only way you can go. Otherwise, you just you're gonna have to, you're gonna always be forking out. You're gonna have to have fine sponsors to to pay for everything. But at least with a with some sort of support, and the more people that are involved in the in your club, the more likelihood there's going to be that your your um, sponsor or your sponsors are going to be uh, be obviously bigger, your, your access to sponsors, simply because the kids have got interest in the club, so the, the parents will take an interest in the club. So I think that has to be the way. You have to start with juniors. You have to have juniors and, and go from there. So leading into the next question, financial support in the early days, what did that look like? For juniors? Uh, for the club in general, 
Um, and what does that look like today? When, when we first started, actually, our club, the, the um, basically, the, we never had a joining fee and, and we don't have, and even to this day, we still don't have a monthly debit. So uh, ideally, I think, if you had a monthly uh, subscription, that would be the way to go. But we don't at the moment, um, and we, we never have. But what we did do at the start was we had we never had a joining fee, but the condition that you played matches was you bought your own kit. So we supplied the, we supply the kit, um, and basically you buy a kit, then you're eligible to play. And I think that way... Um, they can just they came as they like, so you're not tied in, and it's still the same now. You're not tied into any um, fixed contract or financial monthly debit, but you've made a bit of a commitment simply by buying the kit, and um, and you, as you, you train as you uh, as as you go, and you might think that all the sessions are just drop-in sessions or what you know. How do you get the players to come? But they they seem to buy in. Um, our players have all bought into it, and and on the on the whole, they all train regularly. So as far as um, with um, contributions for courts hire and stuff like that, that's just covered through um, through your subs. So when I say the subs, they 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 pay you pay as you play, and that that covers your your costs. I mean, there's times there has been times when you've not had enough players, and you just got to fork out. So out of your own pocket that's how it is but generally speaking now we're we're pretty much okay as far as that's concerned does the club make a profit now then no we have a we have we have a surplus a small surplus it's not a great deal of money um, that allows us to buy some new equipment balls and stuff like that and things as as you require and uh, and stuff so but it's not geared up it's never been geared up as a business it's just we give kids a a chance to play the game. So you mentioned venues then. With futsal being an indoor sport, how easy or how difficult has it been to source the right venue and to get the the continuity, get the, the consistent availability of them? It's extremely diff- difficult in Bolton. I think actually if we were in Manchester, it would probably be better off because the amount of venues in Manchester seem to be far greater. Um, I mean, there's a lot of sports halls in in Bolton, but they're very small majority. Like we only have, there's only one in the whole of the Bolton area that's big enough to play senior team matches. And um, that's what's actually stopping us growing further now is just the availability of suitable venues. And we've been for a while now trying to come to arrangements with people or finding a venues or sourcing venues that we can make a base from. So what we do, what we're actively trying to find now is um, just one venue we can run everything. And in that way, we can run more like a traditional football club where every team has its own training slot. But as as it is at the moment, that's very difficult. And we're training in over you know three three sort of different venues and um, it's not ideal and, and trying to fit that in with um, matches and stuff like that a lot of the time we're playing our games outside of Bolton simply because the venues aren't available Regarding time management Mick there's a balance to be had between your personal life 
a work life and, and anything futsal or club related. How do you manage that time and what does a typical week look like for the chairman of a growing futsal club? Probably very poorly. Um, I'm kind of fortunate with my work where I'm on the road a lot. So do quite a bit of uh, stuff um, you know, while I'm out. Uh, I think it just where we are now, it, it, where the club has got to now, it's it's crazy really. The time, the amount of hours that I put in, my wife can attest to that. It's a, it's a miracle I'm still married, and I'm actually uh, some of the all the parents always say they don't believe that I'm married half the time because I never see the wife, and I'm always I'm always at futsal. So. Um, it has been difficult, and we've actually just now, um, see, just before Christmas, put in put together a um, a board to go forward, um, so that we can, you know, we just really have to um, distribute the the workload because it it's got to the point this year, uh, this season especially with the um, we, with the entering of a development team, I think that was one one piece of straw too much for the haystack it kind of fell over it was a bit i find found it a very things i did last year that it seemed to do easy this this year was much more difficult and i've been not as um not as able to uh, get as many junior games on as i as i would have liked than what i had in the past so that that really led to the you know, decision that we have to get a board together. So we've done that now. But I mean, it's all trial and error because I've not said this here, but in when I first started, the idea wasn't to set up a futsal club. It's just evolved. And and once we got on that path, um, it was logical. And we've just taken it, we've taken it slowly. I said, well, I guess that might not seem slowly where we've been now because as a, as a Bolton Football Club, it's only 2014, but it's really been 10 years in the making. So people come along and think they can set up a club and just, you know, go straight to the National League. It doesn't it doesn't happen that easily, unfortunately. It'd be great if it did, but... What opportunities are you, are you working on then currently as a board to grow the club and in what direction... Is that so? Where do you see the club being in kind of three, four, five years' time? We're we're actually now um, exploring two avenues to get a um, a venue, uh, our own venue, and uh, that's basically uh, one with the support of a a pro football club, and the other is uh, with in conjunction with a, a Bolton school, so we've had meetings with um, with the, the school, and we're just waiting to see what comes of that. Um, and the the, the foot, football club is um, it's an interesting. I don't want to say too much there because we haven't had. It's only been it's very early stages, and what they want and what we want until we actually sit down together and get a a proper understanding of what direction they they want to go and what, what direction we want to go and whether that marries up um, is yet to be seen but hopefully one of the two comes to uh, pass and ideally I think 
for us, I think the school one would be better because um, that way we would have full control. Um, and, and what we're looking at is uh, it'll have three smaller pitches and one large international size pitch. So hopefully we can get that up and running. If, uh, if either of those two uh, come off, then it's back to the drawing board and we'll, we'll keep going. But I'm driven, the new board members are driven to, to get us somewhere because futsal needs it. And I think if, if anyone, if anyone or whoever has the first uh, futsal hub in Lancashire, I think will be ahead of the ahead of the time really and be leading. And I think there'll be a great advantage if you've got the right venue, be a great advantage. So I want to hear a little on the tours, your Barcelona tours, um, almost becoming something uh, or somewhat legendary. Now, particularly the way the parents and the youth players speak about them. Can you tell me a bit about them, uh, why they're so important to the club uh, and what opportunities there are for other futsal clubs around the country? The, the futsal trips are they're an educational thing. And it's one of those where you not only educate the child, but you're educating the parents as well. And it's been, I mean, nearly all of our parents, and I'd say not, not, not 100%, but I'd say probably 90% of our parents have been to Barcelona at least once. And they come away from that trip with a completely different understanding of what the game is and an appreciation for the game, so much so that we've actually just recently started a veterans team which is made up 99% of parents who just have kind of, they've seen the pro game, they've seen the kids, they've seen our national team games and they want to be part of it. And I'm, I'm sure people, the more they see it um, and, and experience it, the more they'll want to be part. So the, the tours, for that reason, not only do they grow um, the education, from education point of view for the game, but we're also making really good um, relationships in Barcelona. So we've got, and, and saying that, we've got relationships with both uh, the AMF and FIFA clubs. So we know, you know, we're not looking at... Um, pushing one or the other but it's, it's always good to have lots of friends and you know so I know we've played with AMF clubs and actually they always play FIFA rules for us but <laughs> um, that's uh, yeah that's that's where where we're at with that but any plans for tours this year uh, they are, I think our next one will be October there was talk of of an Easter tour but I don't think that's going to happen now. You know, there are clubs. I'm actually looking at a club asking me if I could help them do the trip. But generally speaking, those trips for Easter would need have needed to have been done before, or at least organised before Christmas, and that's not happened. They're still talking about it, but to be honest, I think it's too it's too short now, the time time wise. So our club. Um, We'll be looking at October. I think our next trip now for the for for Bolton Football Club themselves. But uh, I mean, by all means, if any other clubs want a hand to set up a tour, we can help them with that. No, no problem. So, final question for you, then, Mick. What advice would you give to yourself if you could go back and do it all again? 
So would you do anything differently? What advice would you give to a young Mick Parrish? <sighs> I don't know what I could have... With regard to futsal, I, it's a tough one because, like I said, when I first started, there wasn't, there, there wasn't um, the goal of setting up a futsal club. So it's a bit difficult to say because and, and the way we, we sort of gone about the whole thing is we weren't looking to do it. So it kind of evolved. So if I said to you that we had a plan... I'd be telling lies because we never had a plan to to go this way. It's just how how it went, and that's why I guess it's not um, it's not uh, you know like I don't know I don't know what what I could say there about what um, what what advice I give myself because we we didn't make a plan. But I would say you need if you're looking to you need to plan where you're at. And to, and that's that's simple. So yeah, no, we're not giving you really much a very good answer there. But because I could have made a plan if that's what we were looking to do, we weren't looking to do that when I started. So that's uh, it's a hard question. Uh, but a good point to end on, nonetheless. So thanks, Mick, for coming in and giving your time to us and speaking to us. Thanks, Carl, for having me. That's been Mick Parish. I've been Carl Wilkinson, as always. We're looking to speak with more chair people up and down the country. So I'll be targeting a few, but if you are a chairperson and you want to get in touch with us, please do so at Twitter, at the Futsal Indy, I-N-D-Y. Thank you for listening, and until next time, that's all. Thank you.